Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Those Movie Dudes podcast. This is the show where three uncultured white guys from Maine sit down and talk about three critically acclaimed films chosen by you guys. This week we have quite a lawsuit on our hands as Julia Roberts becomes a legal assistant and almost single-handedly brings down the California Power Company and the true story known as Aaron Brockovich. Then our stomachs begin to turn as Haley Bennett plays a newly pregnant housewife that finds herself obsessed with eating dangerous foreign objects in the film with a very fitting title, Swallow. Finally, we follow one of the most iconic singer-songwriters of our lifetime as Jamie Foxx takes on the role of his career encapsulating the R&B legend Ray Charles and none other than the Oscar-winning film, Ray. Did you see that, um... Uh, Oscar-winning director Oliver Stone, who did like Platoon and he did the Snowden movie most recently, he got uh, the Russian COVID vaccine, the Russian-made COVID vaccine. Pfizer, because mm-hmm. he's over in uh, Russia filming some documentary, and he got the he got he got it. That was like big headline. What is it? Just like, like straight ooh. grizzly bear blood. <laughs> mixed with like a shot of vodka. All it is. Yeah, it's literally Spedka and Grisby Bear. Grizzly hey, we actually had blood. a download of this podcast in Russia recently, so hopefully we're not offending too many people. Uh, no, I think it's, it's probably Vladimir himself. He's like, <laughs> I, I know they're going to talk about check me. Out. <laughs> oh, I love those movie dudes. Oh, Julia Roberts, why? <laughs> Julia Roberts again? What the fuck? He was Have probably our one a... negative review. Have we seen a Russian film? Do they make movies there? Aren't they like 20 years behind us technolo- technologically because of the uh, Bolsheviks or whatever? Chernobyl? Maybe. Chernobyl probably didn't help their cause. But, but yeah. yeah, let's talk about those things that we pay lots of money to go sit in the comfortable chair for well, multiple hours on end. Because not anymore. We did. Now we just spent yeah. $3 oh, on Aaron Brockovich on iTunes. <laughs> yeah. uh, three ninety nine, actually, and then you get oh. to sit back on your bed or couch or wherever you choose to watch the film, and in the comfort yeah. of your own home. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. essentially what we do every single week. We put up a poll on our Instagram at those movie dudes, and in our stories, that is where you can vote on what movies we talk about for the podcast in the following week. Uh, so we had some films that our followers voted on last week. John, what was the film that we had to watch for you? Oh, well, Spencer, we had the uh, the nice little 2000 Steven Soderbergh film, a true life, true real life story of uh, Aaron Brockovich. Okay, interesting little pick. Mm, Nate, what was the Roberts. film that won for you this week? The 2020 creepy mouth fetish Swallow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. I, I don't, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I've never, like found more pleasure like watching somebody just shove something down their throat we'll get into it we'll get into it <laughs> i don't want to get too right. far into that that seems like there's a lot to unpack there but uh yeah okay literally um, <laughs> yeah um, i'm yeah. sure we'll you know go depends deep depends on the orifice you're talking about um, but uh anyways <laughs> in my movie the one the one for me was a little 2004 biopic uh of ray charles just simply titled ray uh, so that was the one Very that we watched name. for me this week. Well, last no, week, last week, John, I believe I asked you what film you wanted to talk about first, and you went with Boys in the Hood, and I was like, all right, fine, I think we gave you some shit, but we, we went with it. Um, So this week, Nathan, what film would you like to start with? I'd like to start with Swallow, please. Swallow all for right. 600. Swallow for 600. All right, well, this is your film, so I'll sit back, let you introduce this film, and uh, let's get into it. Okay, so Swallow is a film... 
that came out in 2020, year of the COVID. Gotta love it. And this is one of the only, like, 2020 movies I've watched this year, so my list is very short. This movie is about a woman named Hunter, who is a newly pregnant housewife who finds herself increasingly compelled to consume dangerous objects. As her husband and his family tighten their control over her life, she must confront the dark secret behind her new obsession. When I saw the trailer for this, I thought... I, I really hope I like it because it had hints of Rosemary's Baby, stuff about weird disorders, stuff that you don't understand. It's kind of freaky in this really artistic kind of way. John, would you Me. swallow a battery for $5? For $5, no. Um, I think bare minimum amount of money to swallow a battery. Oh my God. $2. Jesus, that could be so detrimental to your health. I maybe ten dollars, um, fifty cents. Mm, wow, your standards are very low. What if it was a Duracell though? Because those are pretty strong batteries. I mean, that's what she's yeah, called. I believe. I believe it was a Duracell brand. Was it a battery? name brand battery? I believe it, it was, was a Duracell double yeah. A volt. The maybe battery was not nearly as bad as the thumbtack. That looks like a or really high quality thumbtack. Ceramic, the ceramic angel. That had Dude. wings sticking out and stuff. Like, how did that crawl out of that crevice? Uh, n- uh, not, not with grace. Ugh. Clearly, <laughs> this is this is a type of film that uh, makes me cringe, makes my stomach turn. Uh, you guys know me very well when it comes to movies that involve like you're very just, squeamish. Yeah, yeah, I'm squeamish. Honestly, <laughs> even just horror Green movies Inferno. with practical effects. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Uh, with cannibalism, just eating strange objects is not something that appeals to me. Um, I just get sick to my stomach and sometimes even leave the theater. So, but mm-hmm. I threw this one on my Kindle. I downloaded it. I wrapped myself up in my covers and, uh, you know, I watched it at two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I did think Haley Bennett was, uh, Jennifer Lawrence for the first 30 minutes of the movie. And then I realized it wasn't her. I think the best thing about this movie is probably her performance. Uh, I mean, she makes this very believable where she's just this super weird kind of girl with this strange obsession and they're they're able to to kind of tie it back to her past in a really interesting way and and how just fucking awful her husband and that family is to her the one question i kind of had was like how did they end up together in the first place because like how was he drawn to this girl she's just this like really quiet girl with no talent and then they end up married together. I don't know. I, I just, that's, that's like the one question I kind of had is like, how are they together in the first place? But I think the whole swallowing thing was executed fairly well. I don't know. It was just super weird and made me uncomfortable, but I surprisingly didn't hate the movie. I thought it was done pretty well. So wow. I definitely did not know what to expect with this one. I knew that, uh, I've heard that her performance was really good and that it was actually like a pretty like well-crafted movie. I believe this is his debut film, uh, the director. And I got to say, I think Haley Bennett stole the show. I think she is fantastic in the lead performance because <clears throat> her character was really weird, but <clears throat> you could still like, you were still really interested to like what she was going to do next. Uh, and you could kind of honestly like, understand where she was coming from uh especially just like how her husband was treating her like he was so passive but yet like still so like controlling and like he had like a temper and he just completely spoiled rotten from his family and they just gave them like all the money in the world it's like no wonder she developed this like pika uh, disorder oh i i don't know why she did i guess it's a very common in pregnant women that's i read about it afterwards yeah. yeah it's um because you already so have it, it is a legit uh, disorder that like stuff. people have and especially people with like PTSD or like trauma so like this is a real disorder and disease that like 
exists. So um, it was interesting that this movie decided to dive into that and to tell the story. And I thought that they did a great job and it's really a testament to Haley Bennett. And I think she's phenomenal. Yeah. The word that you said that matches it perfectly is control because she even says in the movie that she does these things because she knows that something that she can control, she can control what she does, how she does it, the different things that she swallows while the people around her are slowly trying to take control of her. And so you have that never ending battle going on. And that's kind of terrifying. Like this movie I saw in some places was dubbed as partially a horror movie. Um, I don't think so. Just no. like it can be creepy. The thought of the people around you that you trust most are kind of trying to convince you that you're not yourself. And that can be one of the more scary things that you have to deal with is losing one's identity. But Haley Bennett just drove it home with this one because she just was so broken. And you could tell that, like, doing this to her, like, destroying her body, but she loved it. And it was just... Yeah, like, it gave so her this off. Some, weird There was a screw loose or something about her because she just would sit there and play that uh, swiping game on her phone. Yeah. She was like the lady just, from uh, from the dining hall back in back at Hudson who was just obsessed with Candy Crush. And, like, she didn't even give a fuck that you were trying to get your dinner. She was she only cared about Candy Crush. Um, yeah, I'd get dinner, like, three <laughs> or four times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's just what it reminded me of. Um, but, yeah, I, I think uh, just, like, any obsession, it's this is, like, the one thing in her life that gave her joy, considering she has such a messed up upbringing her mom kind of was i guess not negligent like, yeah i mean she she just didn't see her as the same as her other daughters or sons i'm not sure just because of the circumstances that led to her being born yeah it, it was really interesting to see her just use this as her outlet although it was disgusting mm -hmm. it was uh definitely interesting considering this is very much a real thing that people deal with so I, yeah. I can't imagine, like, I guess having a person like this in your life dealing with this, like, how do you talk that out? How do you be like, yeah, you probably shouldn't eat a fucking thumbtack. Yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. weird. Like, God, could, man. And you could see her change, too. Like, the minute something would go in, like the marble, the like the first thing that she does, she you see her just, like, exhausted. And the minute she puts it in her mouth, it's like... Yeah, She's like yeah, a yeah. whole other person. So it's kind of intriguing what's going on in the brain during like a disorder like this. Yeah, and I could definitely see the comparisons that you made to um, Rosemary's Baby. I can totally see that because, I mean, she's just constantly surrounded by all these people that are essentially making the decisions for her. And they just put so much mm -hmm. pressure on her and they're constantly just surrounding her. Like they even hired uh, that family nurse to come in. And I actually really liked Which his character. Like the best. Yeah, yeah, he was awesome. He was very genuine and he like saw the situation um, between the lines. And I, I did really uh, like his addition to the movie. I was going to say he's like the one guy on her side throughout the whole movie. Mm -hmm. you know I mean? So that was, that was kind of nice. Like the you... only one. You he felt like safe with him around a little and, bit. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah. He even helps her, mm -hmm. and it also kind of reminded me a bit of the Invisible Man. Uh, not mm -hmm. without what without the sci-fi element to it, yeah. but just like how like that kind of like he did, like the husband didn't really. It was just very mentally abusive, or just he mm -hmm. just didn't. Maybe it was like. Um, neglect like because like, there's a lot of times mm -hmm. they focused on the fact that this husband was always just on his phone and just like kind of like, look up kind of like oh yeah like say like whatever she wanted to hear and then kind of just go right back to his phone like she yeah. never really had She's that also like connection 
um it's also like very isolated too just kind of yeah. like invisible woman too where she she i don't think she has her own car i think he just had his porsche and he just went out and did business and and then she was just stuck in yep. the house out of all the objects that she ate which one realistically do you think that you would be okay to try to get down i could probably get a marble down to get down and out yeah marble i mean the marble is kind of the easy option should but, i pick something uh, else uh yeah just for shits and gigs like am i gonna have irreparable damage or like i just have to be able to get it out of my body i mean no i mean you'll be able to pass it through but i I don't i doubt it'll be comfortable like i know thimble is that like the little uh the trash can looking thing yeah like imagine putting that in like swallowing that and getting it in the right position so when you're sitting in the toilet and you're like building up that and that yeah that stuff's getting like suction cupped against your sphincter and then this is you why you like, chose the movie. You just wanted to talk about shitting out foreign objects and the satisfaction you get from it. And then yeah. you just hear, yeah, just like, boom, and it like launches me off the seat kind of thing. Like, I, yeah, yeah, I'd go with a thimble. Head through the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a thimble or a rolling pin. I Oh, wow. Yeah, big difference there. I'd probably go with a battery just because eventually I feel like if I had enough batteries, I would be energized like the Energizer buddy. No, but that's the um, thing with the battery. You have the risk of it leaking in your stomach and dying. Yeah, but that's what turns you into a superhero. It's kind of like when like Margot Robbie fell into the vat of like acid. I think that's and, just a mental illness suicide. at that point. Well, yeah. you know what? You know, in this <laughs> hypothetical situation, I'm a superhero, so that's what's happening here. But John, right. what are your uh, final thoughts on this insane movie? I wouldn't even go so far as to say it's insane. I just think it's a it's a look inside of a realistic scenario of what it's like to have this weird addiction. I wonder how common it actually is, but I think what's done really well is just Haley Bennett's performance. I haven't really seen her in a lot. She Hillbilly Elgy. No oh, shit. I got better better watch it but yeah she's great in the movie i think everybody else involved is good too but i i just think the way that they're able to kind of surround this whole obsession with like the backstory with her you really kind of get invested in this character and her trying to sort of better herself and figure herself out um and get some sort of resolution in her life so um i think it was good it was better than just like a, a movie that's trying to do it for shock value with just swallowing weird objects and bleeding out your ass and shit so um <laughs> I uh, literally, yeah, it's a yeah, weekly thing for me. For sh- well, yeah, I and to be fair, there was that one scene when she initially shot out the marble and was covered in shit. I was eating. I had to, <laughs> I had to stop watching the film to eat my, uh, my crap mac and cheese. But I give it a three Get out around. of five. It was all right. I think it deserves mm-hmm. a fresh rating. I didn't hate it as much as I uh, thought I would from the concept. So, thanks, Nate. Twenty twenty film to You're add welcome. to my list. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. That's why I'm here. Yep. Uh, I really like this movie a lot i did i thought it was an interesting look at this disorder uh because i don't know if any other movies have dived into this uh type of disorder um and it told a really uh interesting story about this woman going through this terrible relationship and just trying to get out on the other end alive and (laughs) sorry at the other end (laughs) Really? That you really? What? That's making you laugh right now? <laughs> yeah, I thought you were 25 years old. <laughs> yeah, I just thought uh, of it. I didn't do it on purpose, but... This one, I'd say, did surprise me. I didn't think it was as disturbing as maybe I was expecting it to be, and I was actually surprised by uh, like how intense the... Or not intense, but just how dramatic the story really was and how much I got into the characters. Um, so I'm going to go three and a half out of five. I thought this was a very solid film. Uh, and it's one of the better movies I've seen this year, to be honest. I uh, I really liked it. For a 2020 film, I, I like 
don't know, something about the style of it. This felt like an A24 movie. I don't know, just something about the, it. It had almost that. like a dystopian feel, just because the house was so modern and the way they used color and and all these different things with the objects and whatnot, and just seeing how she collects them. But it, I think it was also a little too obvious, like what was going to happen, just kind of how the family was treating her, and then her with her backstory and whatnot. So a little predictable as far as that goes but i think it was just helmed nice and done really well so i'm gonna give it a four out of five Haley bennett was awesome because she was in what magnificent seven and a few other things but yep. this is definitely her best she, so far that i've seen her in. she also looks almost identical to like jennifer love hewitt mixed with bryce dallas howard or not jennifer love Kinda. hewitt jennifer what uh lawrence lawrence, lawrence yeah <laughs> yeah i can see that yeah mixed but, together it yeah. creates Haley bennett that's swallow though watch it on showtime yeah and also i wouldn't suggest doing anything that happens in this movie at home except leaving your like husband if he's an asshole yeah and maybe you're confronting your dad that raped your mother i also would Ooh. not swallow random objects around your house especially a ceramic angel that is like three times as big as all the other objects and they just don't acknowledge it you ever had anal fissures guys it's not fun. I feel like you have had some of these. these... I don't want to talk about okay. it. Can we move on? Yeah, we yeah. can move on. Uh, maybe, <laughs> She's definitely going to have hernias, right? Little, uh... Not hernias. She'd have hemorrhoids. I've always maybe had little... those that mixed up. Sorry. Aaron Brockovich, John? Yeah, actually, I, I assume we would do Aaron Brockovich, so. Okay. Uh, never assume. All right, well, hurry up. Anyway. This week, I chose Aaron Brockovich, which uh, has good old Julia Roberts, who's made quite a few appearances so far on the Those Movie Dudes podcast. But uh, I believe third Julia Roberts film at at least third, if not I more. Think fourth, actually. Yeah. My best friend's wedding, Notting Hill, Closer, um, Pelican Brief. This Pelican Pelican Brief, <laughs> Aaron Brockovich. These are all relatively five. recent too. Like she's been in Damn. a lot. <laughs> And there's more to come, I promise I feel, you that. I feel like we're actually missing one, though. She could have been in like, oh, a supporting role in something We should else, start but... keeping track of this stuff, honestly. Aaron Brockovich is a true story uh, about an unemployed single mother who becomes a legal assistant and almost single-handedly brings down the California Power Company, accused of polluting a city's water supply. I had never heard of this story. I actually watched this with my dad, so he kind of knew a little bit of background on it, but... I think initially the uh, the whole idea, like the concept, I was like, that sounds kind of boring, right? Definitely took me by surprise. But it also has Albert Finley in it and Conchata Farrell from Two Albert and a Half Men. Finney or Finney? I think it's Albert Finney. Oh, what did I say? Did I say Finley? Finley. Probably because Finney is a weird He's not name. Irish, John. Damn it. He looks kind of <laughs> Irish, though, honestly. Steven Soderbergh. I bought side effects for $25 at Best Buy with a gift card. Never let me live it down. But uh, Spencer, Aaron Brockovich. Oh yeah, so yeah, I've heard Aaron Brockovich so many times. Just I've heard this is a really good movie. That I heard Julie Roberts gave a really good performance. She obviously won the Oscar for uh, best actress in a leading role for this role. I didn't realize that this was based on a true story. To be honest, like I really oh. didn't know that she was a real uh, a real woman until it started. I'm like, oh wait, okay, this this is real. This is this is pretty interesting. Um, and yeah, the plot doesn't sound too interesting, but her character. Aaron Brockovich is so interesting and she is such a badass like she walks into a room and she controls the room like I that was there was one scene 
where these like lawyers come in, they're like, Oh, so you like 20 million. Like that's more money than they dreamed of. And then she just goes on a tangent and shuts everyone up. And then they all just like walk out of the room. And then she just gives them this like little, like, like evil eye. I guess she's like leaving <laughs> fucking. I was like, I almost like stood up and cheered. I was like, that's what that, that's why she got the Oscar right there. She's such a great actress and she gave so much life to this movie. And I just, I really did enjoy seeing her performance. And I thought this movie was really well told. Like I, I was really interested to see like what was going to happen with this investigation about like the water supply and how fucked up is that though? I loved this movie because I love Julia Roberts. Um, sure, the story isn't. It's not. It's not anything we haven't seen before and done in different ways. But like what Spencer said about her stealing the movie, I could not take my eyes off of her the entire movie because she just has this star power and I didn't realize it. Like people had always talked about, Oh, Julia Roberts is amazing. All of her movies. I love her. And I was just like, Oh, she's just another actress until I've seen the stuff that she's able to pull off. And the whole scene where, uh, her boss is like, Hey, how were you able to like get into those files? Like, how were you able to do that? And she just looks at him and is like, they're called boobs. Ed. That's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, like, awesome. And, like, I definitely will not turn down a movie that you see them very clearly most of the movie. So that's always a plus. But her character is just so awesome. You're waiting for her to step in. And even when she walks into the room and the lawyers are waiting, they walk in, they look at her, they're like, oh, crap. Yep, there's their <laughs> ringer. We're screwed. Yep, we're very screwed. And she, like, lays into yep. that one lawyer lady. Oh my god, like making fun of how she dresses and all this stuff. <laughs> and then the woman's just like, you don't know 632 people, like, personally. That was, I think, what got her the Oscar, was that she was just able that to one specifically monologue. detail everybody. And then go like, oh, so do you want their phone numbers too? The girl's like, okay, you've done your research. This This is by far, in my opinion, her best role. Um, that I've seen her in just because so magnetic, but also you empathize with her because she originally doesn't know anything about this job and then she takes it all on and then she gets lost in it and seeing a character kind of almost lose everything that she loves because of this, that made her character really appealing and I was rooting for her the whole time. I totally agree with you guys. I think that this performance just really stands out among the rest. I have seen Pretty Woman. It's a completely different performance, but this one is just totally... She's able to totally encapsulate this character in her own way. I don't know if the real-life character was like like this, really. She was probably a single mother of three. Just the, the way that she's able to conduct herself in these meetings with these people who have like master's degrees and PhDs in law, she doesn't give a shit. She just cares about the people that she's fighting for and making sure that they get the money they deserve. And I think that she just did such a good job i was laughing throughout this movie i especially love her dynamic with um albert finney i think that dynamic that they had together was just hilarious from start to finish and like how their relationship sort of developed i thought the aaron eckhart romance was okay mm -hmm. like he was like yeah. it seemed a little That's bit the forced. weakest part for me it was the weakest part of the movie for me it just yeah. because it transitioned to being kind of like this other type of movie I like that he was kind of her rock at at times. Like exactly, I, I, yeah. I did really exactly. I so like I understand. Like I, I I did appreciate his character, but 
but I did feel the movie kind of slow down when they would go into those scenes. I was just kind of wrapped up in Albert Finney and her uh, investigation because, yeah, I really did like the back and forth between her and Albert Finney, and especially, I mean, the little back and forth they have at the very end. That was yeah, yeah, with the check. probably one of my favorite yeah, scenes yeah. of the movie. That was yeah, was he just very good, tosses uh, it down on the yeah, table yeah. and walks away. <laughs> and that's that's actually yeah. she did get that much money too in settlement. Uh, and sure. the actual law firm came away with like 150 million dollars because they get Crazy. I think 40 40 percent of that 333 million. So damn yeah. good for them. And without her, I mean, he better appreciate her for what the hell she did for that. Yeah, that she law went firm above and beyond goddamn. to just expose this company. Yeah. Um, Thank God she did because yeah they they got some settlements um and Julia Roberts herself was pretty well compensated for this movie setting an unprecedented <laughs> uh, salary at twenty million dollars for this picture she just she stole the show and I do kind of agree with you that the whole Aaron Eckhart thing did slow it down a little bit but I thought it grounded her character in reality really well instead of making her look just like oh I'm I've got kids and whatnot but i'm just gonna power through this but then you also see that that character also has flaws that other people see mm -hmm. and how she affects the people around her so it was a good dynamic kind of keeping her feet on the ground and not getting too too super womanish i definitely because it would have gotten to that point where it was like oh yeah she's just kind of going for herself but then giving her the family aspect was kind of nice because it it made me empathize with her more and that's what it comes down to is like she's doing this for her kids and i think that you know aaron Eckhart definitely grounded her i think that their relationship blossomed a little too quickly maybe she should have played hard to get for make another 10 minutes into the film or something i think the one scene that i just, i really really liked and you could see that her kids really do come first is at the end when she's laying on the couch She's all like exhausted from investigating and her kid is finally kind of Eggs. understands why she's doing what she's doing and she's not ignoring them for work. Like this is, it's about them. It's about other kids. And I thought, I don't know if that really happened, but that was just such a, a good moment in the movie. Yeah, but I, um, I, I remember that uh, scene perfectly just because I kind of had the same thought where the kid just kind of goes, I'll get you some breakfast. Is eggs okay? And she's like, eggs is perfect. I was like, finally. <laughs> you see yeah. that connection. And like, you like, there's something about the mother-son connection, I think, that's just so important. And you see that just in like the eye contact. You just, you know, just something casual, just like a boy getting his mom food. It's seeing him grow up to understand and... And like, we all, have, we all have mothers, but we know how much a mom appreciates a gesture like that. <laughs> I just read a really uh, disturbing fact about this movie. A test screening audience member did take one issue with this film. The first mm -hmm. 99 times I saw her breasts were enough. <laughs> I mean, you do fuck? see them a lot, but like... I know, but like, the fact that that was his one issue with They the complained? <laughs> oh, man. It was probably like a like a 45-year-old woman who's like a total canon. It was right. probably Julia Roberts, like in disguise. Yeah, I bet that person doesn't wear <laughs> she a just mask. Went to, like, a reshoot her movie. Yeah, no, this is another movie with a very strong lead performance from an actress. Uh, I thought Julia Roberts did a great job. She won the Oscar. I thought it was very deserved. Albert Finney looks like got nominated uh, for supporting, and it has the Best Picture, Best Writing nominations as well. Did not win, um, but all deserved. Uh, oh, even directing nomination for Steven Soderbergh. That's pretty. Interesting. Ooh. He's a great director. I'm kind of surprised I hadn't seen this before, but I'm glad I finally did. I think that it, I mean, if you've seen in cover up investigation stories, in Pelican Brief, The Insider, just as we did in the last couple of weeks, it kind of was like, all right, it's a little 
we've seen it a lot recently, but uh, I still thought it held its own and it just held together with Julia Roberts' really strong performance. Uh, I'm going to go three and a half out of five. I thought this was a very good film. I adored this movie. It was so easy to watch. I just was like, eh, I'm just going to throw this on, see how it goes. And I just got sucked in immediately just with the first interview she has, you basically learn about her entire character <laughs> and what she's about yeah. in her one interview in the first five minutes of the movie. Um, and then it just immediately cuts to Aaron Brockovich. So you're just like, Oh, this woman's a badass. Um, so I'm, I'm upping that. I'm four and a half out of five for me. Nope. I even contemplated just purchasing the Blu-ray or something just because of, I could watch this movie again right now, just because she, sucked me in well i i think i'm right in the middle of you guys but i just i mean it's already been said but her performance is is amazing i think she definitely deserves the oscar she went up against ellen burston with requiem from requiem for a dream which some say very should have good won yeah, yeah and i've seen that very good performance uh and the other three i i haven't seen any of these movies so i yeah i think it would have to be between those two i'm glad she got it this this performance is really iconic uh she encapsulates this character really well, and she just makes this witty, smart, sassy person so freaking likable, and you just want her to to win this case and do what's best for all those people and her kids and everything. I really liked it. I'd give it a 4 out of 5. I think it was a, a really, really good movie. So, Yes, okay. that's Aaron Brockovich. Uh, it's not available streaming anywhere, so uh, you'll have to get it on Apple for three ninety nine rental or buy the Blu-ray. Worth it, yeah. It's a good film. Um, and now in, into our final film. It's another biopic. It's a little different, Oscar though. Oscar-winning biopic. It's another Oscar-winning Oscar uh, biopic with another winning role perform in the performance category. So the final film that we watched was Ray, following Ray Charles. It is the story of the life and career of the legendary rhythm and blues musician Ray Charles. From his humble beginnings in the South, where he went blind at the age of seven, to his mega rise to stardom during the 1950s and the 1960s. Uh, this is another one that has just slipped through the cracks. I have been wanting to see it for a long time. I've heard that Jamie Foxx gives a phenomenal performance, and that is very accurate. He won the Oscar. This is our third Taylor Hackford film, guys. Who the hell Yay. is Taylor Hackford? Yeah, we're making our way through his, uh, direct, uh, his filmography. He has done... The Devil's Advocate. Oh, he has wow. done a change of pace. Dolores Claiborne. Oh, wow, really? Oh. Completely and different movies. My God. <laughs> he has done Ray, and he has done another movie that lost in the poll: An Officer and a Gentleman. Uh, oh. So we've, I've been mm. wanting to see that one. We've been marking our way through uh, Taylor Hackford's filmography, and you know he's done some pretty good movies. I will have to say. So yeah, this one's Jamie Foxx, Regina King, Carrie Washington. I didn't know a whole lot about Ray Charles going into this, other than he was just a very famous blind musician, so I was uh, interested to see what his story was going to be like. So, John. Yeah, hi. What's up? Ray. Yeah, so what I started think? this uh, at 3 p.m. today, because I had a very busy week, but I was like, you know what? I better watch. I didn't realize it was two and a half hours until about 1 p.m., and I was like... Uh, I'll put my work on hold and go home and watch Ray for the podcast. Kind of like you, Spencer, I just knew that he was like a blind musician that played piano and um, had some very iconic songs uh, from the 50s and 60s, but that was about it. I didn't know anything about his life, um, but it kind of seems like he had a 
pretty similar life to most musicians that get caught up in fame and stuff and start getting caught up in drug addiction and kind of letting their families slip away and whatnot. But I think this film is just like the definition of what a biopic should be for a musician. It really just kind of checks all those boxes where it flashes back to their upbringing. It shows the damaged family life. It shows the drug addiction. It shows those incredibly well edited and shot scenes of him performing. It shows him coming up with songs and stuff and just the, the relationships getting broken between band members and producers. And it really just hits all of that. So I, yeah, in terms of a biopic, I mean, it's great. And Jamie Foxx is, from what I know about how Ray Charles actually acts and conducts himself with the this he's it's spot on it really is it's 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 phenomenal how well he's able to encapsulate Ray Charles okay interesting interesting initial thoughts Nate jamming out over there to some uh you know silent Ray Charles music so Ray go check it out oh all right, and next, so next week we're doing Christmas boy. movies. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I I told you guys after I watched this movie that this was probably the best biopic ever made, mm-hmm. in my opinion, <laughs> just because Jamie Fox just became Ray Charles. There was multiple scenes where I just forgot that it was Jamie Fox. What about Rami Malek? I'm just being no, I'm just being that person uh... who's going to say that. No, like. <laughs> Jamie, this is going to be a big one, but I think Jamie Foxx as Ray Charles is up there in like probably like the top 10 best performances ever, combining actors and actresses. Like he embodied Ray Charles, almost like took the soul of Ray Charles and just went right into Jamie Foxx. And they hopped in Doc Brown's DeLorean and went back to, was it like <laughs> 50s, early 1950s 60s. and just showed just a broken person but had so much life and so much love for what he did but it just there was a point where it took such a dark turn and i like it when biopics do that because it feels more raw like they didn't just take the easy way out and try and make it light they showed everything every flaw that this character had and i was thinking there's no way i can hate this guy but there were moments in this movie where I hated Ray Charles. I was like, who does this guy think he is? Like, what is he doing? But then the flashbacks were used so well. And I oh, think the woman man. who played the mom, even though she was only in it for like maybe five minutes of total screen time, she just so much emotion and was so important in his life and all the the things that he's feeling that like sent him the flashback. It was just, it was unbelievable. This was a really well-crafted biopic. Uh, and that's, it's mainly because of really good performances all around this week for movies. Like there was that one lead performance that was so solid and just held the movies together this week. So this is, I'd say probably one of the strongest weeks in terms of like performances. Cause yeah, Jamie Foxx, mm-hmm was so good uh, because I didn't know a lot about Ray Charles. Like I've seen some videos of him kind of performing, but I didn't know much about him in like interviews or like, how we really spoke, but I can imagine Jamie Foxx completely nailed it because I've, everyone says it's like, it's uncanny. 
apparently, like Jamie Foxx uh, shadowed Ray Charles uh, before he passed away because the movie came out in 2004 and Ray Charles passed away in 2004. But apparently, yeah. he actually got to sit in the edit room and watch like the first cut of the film. <laughs> I just came oh. out so naturally. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's a movie. That was of course. A... Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. That was perfect. He's blind. If but you guys I mean, didn't you know. know, he's blind. Yeah. He's got some daredevil yeah. hearing, and as the movie shows at times, um, like that scene <laughs> with him like falling that. onto the ground and was like <laughs> calling for his mom, and his mom like refused to help and was like, "No, you got to do it yourself." That was such a strong, such scene. a good scene. Like, yeah, and then that was when he was using his hearing to just navigate basically the room, and and that's how he was able to navigate the world just by tuning in and listening to all the sounds that you can hear. Um, and there's another movie that has just come out recently that I think is really good. That's about a guy going deaf called The Sound of Metal, which is phenomenal. Probably one of my favorite movies of the year, really but it does a really good that. job in the sound design of that movie. Uh, um, imagine losing one of those senses. Crazy. Like, that's freaky to think about. Just your hearing or your sight just slowly diminishing and there's nothing. It was horrifying. You like, you see the kid, like, trying to keep his eyes open so that they, they would water and he'd be able to see it was and just it blurry was just... yeah but I, I didn't realize that he lost it when he was seven because there's that scene with the bus driver where he talks about being in normandy and i thought it happened in the war so that kind of yeah. threw me yeah. off for a second i think that was just his like uh his plea to try to get on the bus at that time yeah, yeah. right but, um, um the perfect introduction to ray charles just willing to like go there to just make his way seven. i mean he <laughs> is the the man that he is because of how his mom decided to raise him due to mm-hmm. his blindness and it's a huge mm-hmm. testament to that to that mom as like it's such tough love but like he became who he was and like how he was able to navigate the world and use this disability to his advantage and i mean he is one of the best musicians piano players like senior songwriters like of all time and mm-hmm. it was so funny because usually in biopics especially if it's one that i don't entirely know a lot about the people or the subject but as the movie goes on it's just like well those like oh like oh yeah moments like so many mm-hmm. songs i'm just like oh my god he's he did that one like oh i know that mm-hmm. one like all of them popped up uh especially the one i need a woman i think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, she got, which kanye West gives me money or something of. she gives her money yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Great song. I was like, no way, but like, yeah. it's just because I'm a millennial, ignorant asshole. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. At least you're not Gen Amen. Z. Those motherfuckers fucking gonna rule <laughs> the world someday. I hope, honestly. The one thing the movie doesn't go into detail on, which I didn't even notice until I'm thinking about it now, but they don't really show like how he falls in love with music and like learns to play the piano. There's like one scene. He's just an incredible musician, and you just kind of move on from there and forget about it because there is a lot of this movie that focuses on the drug addiction. And I think it it really stems from, you know, when he loses his brother, you know, and he's and the way that they're able to kind of weave in when he's not on drugs. And that's kind of when he starts to have these like flashbacks where all of a sudden he's like sees water on the floor. He doesn't see it, but he feels water on the floor and uh, just has these weird sort of like, I don't know what you call it, visions. Fuck. (laughs) It's not a vision. Well, no, in a way, dream like premonition. So he can't, he's, he's imagining. Yeah. Imagine, imaginative, uh, dreamlike sequences of his brother dying. And I think that they're able to, the way that they show him dealing with drug addiction and stuff and how it affects his family and how it's based on like what happened in his past. I mean, that was just really well done. It just shows it's a testament to the writing for this movie. It's, it was just, uh, it was great. And a couple good things that we haven't even talked about yet. And I thought they were kind of some shining stars in the movie were, um, Carrie Washington and Regina King. Oh yeah. I think it's especially Carrie Washington. So good. in Those, this movie. 
those pivotal points in his life, like the love of his life and then the roadie or like the band members. It was crazy because I, I get so not upset, but just like uncomfortable when I see how spouses treat each other, especially in this type of profession. Hint, hint, if you know what I'm, I mean, um, yeah. I don't want to spoil anything, but I mean, it's history. They just, yeah. And just seeing how committed he is to his family, but how broken he is when he's on the road. He had, he was two different people, but like, even when he went home, he was always, he was kind of negligent. And so that was hard to watch. Like the whole thing with his son playing baseball and stuff like that. The thing that kind of, it was the catalyst to him kind of trying to get better. Yeah. But yeah, so many iconic songs. Like I, I just did that one. Don't come back. No, more. no, that song. I heard that. And I'm like, that's so awesome. And like yeah. the messing up song where oh, messing around the bald guy. Messing around. Yeah. Yes, I was like, no way. Just... Like I've heard that song so many times. That's the where one the guy I, just yeah. starts singing it. I love when, when he's, like, oh, when I'm he's playing a song for the first time and the producers walk in, you can just see that light bulb go off in their head. They're like, I think oh, yeah. another thing this movie does really well is show just the, the obvious racism that goes on like in mm -hmm. the South and stuff. And it doesn't shy away from how that, that affected people back in the day. But in the beginning of the movie, they showed it more kind of like the segregated buses and stuff. But when, when he's going to perform in Georgia and then he finally is like, all right, yeah, this is wrong. I used to, when I was really little, like I remember this kind of vaguely, I'd wake up really early in the morning for whatever reason. And I would turn on the TV just to have something to watch and he would randomly be on a channel doing like a concert hmm. type thing and i just remember the spotlight on him and him always leaning back and playing the piano and he always had like like a chorus a choir behind him and stuff also singing so being able to kind of connect the two and seeing some of his iconic outfits like that blue suit that he like walks out in and one mm -hmm. whatnot but the one thing like this is such a small thing that bugged me but i I kind of have a reason why it worked the way it did, but you remember the dream that he kind of has towards the end where he's not blind? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's just kind of a fantasy type thing. He doesn't do the walk. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of because he's blind. Well, that is another thing. Like, yeah, he, uh, why? Yeah, I, I get it's that. It's part too. of being blind. It's like. <laughs> but not all. I'm not, I'm not saying this against blind people, but I don't think all blind people walk the way he did. Probably yeah, not. I was wondering if he had like a limp or something, or like had because that's what I was thinking. It looked like he had some sort of like limp, but then I was like, maybe he was just kind of like swinging his legs out more so he could like feel with his legs. I don't know. Yeah, and he does click. Like he said, he has hard yeah. bottom shoes, so when he walks, he can hear the openings, and that was really interesting. And it's kind of he he's one hundred percent right. Like if you just walk by a building and you yeah. really pay attention. You can pick up on those things, and, and that's what like scientists have said, right? Like your senses are heightened. They, ha I feel like the, the body adapts to, to the situation. It's, survive, it's, yeah. You have no choice. Yeah. It, it's the uh, same yeah. way with with deaf people who are still musicians. They can't hear themselves singing, but they do it through mm -hmm. the vibrations. And there's there's people who are able to do that, and it's it's absolutely fascinating. So so if you close your eyes and really pay attention, even you could hear a very CGI bird outside your window. Um, very cgi yeah, maybe it was real who knows <laughs> this movie in particular by seeing how amazing and just how much jamie fox like embodied a whole other person and just kind of became a chameleon 
I really cannot wait for his Mike Tyson biopic. If that ever gets off the ground, because, I mean, he's attached to produce it and a star in it, and he's already, like, given a taste of, like, his impression. Sounds exactly like he Mike Tyson. Win. He can bulk up. I mean, he's very, um, he's a, he's a very, like, in shape, like, uh, guy, too. Yeah. So, I mean, he could, he could literally pull off Mike Tyson biopic and, and win another Oscar. I guarantee it because he is so good. He's proven that he is amazing. This was actually one of the years he was a double nominee. Uh, he had a supporting Oscar collateral. nomination in Collateral and then oh won the Oscar God. for the leading role in Ray. But uh, yeah, that Tyson biopic, like, I cannot wait for it. And this movie assured that. The one thing about this movie I will say that uh, kind of bugged me was I'd say there's a good 15, 20 minutes. And it kind of gets into maybe it like the second act where it kind of dives into his drug addiction. Where I felt like it was just very repetitive and it kind of hit all of those like biopic cliches that I was expecting to see. Like, and if you've seen the movie uh, Walk Hard, a Dewey Cox story, that's a parody of biopics. Like, it is literally the blueprint of a biopic. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God. So like, there was like 20 minutes where I was just kind of like, let's get going. Like, maybe throw him into rehab. Like, that's like, I feel like that, that was coming up. So, like, let's, let's get going with this. Like, I was kind of getting annoyed seeing how just destructive he was getting and it felt it was a little repetitive that's because it is two hours and 32 minutes was, i felt that's when i felt the length the most um with this movie. i think mm-hmm. with what you're saying i think maybe cut some of that out add a little bit more of him like falling in love with music in the beginning of the movie with that without a lot yeah. of time and then that at would the end nice. maybe add a little bit more of the rehab because they kind of do that and they're like Oh, by the way, he never did it again, and this is his entire career for the last. It wraps up years. pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, but... that kind of surprised me. I, I think all things considered, I'll give my final thoughts. I think it's an incredibly well done biopic, one of the best performances I've ever seen of somebody impersonating another human being. If you really put him side by side with Ray Charles, I mean, damn, he he just encapsulates him perfectly. You wouldn't know. You, you wouldn't know. Yeah, and just the way that he conducts himself, the way he moves around, the way – it's just like – it's its really amazing how somebody's able to do that. And it just shows the range that Jamie Foxx has. The other actors, really good. Kerry Washington, probably my other favorite performance of the movie. But all around, it's just really good writing, really good editing too. It was nominated for Best Editing, I believe. It's, especially Ballers. when it came to like transitioning between times, I guess, like going from – one place to another um and then also the editing with uh like the concerts and stuff like they just did a great job with that too it made it really really fun and it's all around just a really good movie i'd probably watch it again if i have another two hours and uh two and a half hours down but uh yeah i'd give this four out of five it's it's very very solid very very good movie well this movie was fantastic and like i can't iterate it enough this is one of the greatest performances ever put on screen. Jamie Foxx just embodies it. And if he does half, if he puts half the effort into the Mike Tyson biopic that he put into this, his shelf is going to have another Oscar. Like there's so many characters and I know this is going to sound probably cliche to some people, but I bet he could do a Barack Obama biopic (laughs) and rock it. But, like, in all seriousness, just because he's so good at mimicking these figures, and it's just crazy that someone like this, which I know he does music and other stuff as well, but he's one of those guys that's just up there as one of the best that can hone in at any time. Four and a half out of five for me, again. 
kind of like an Aaron Brockovich situation, just a magnetic performance that kept the character grounded without making them out as just, oh, just too much of a superstar. Like, they actually gave them problems, and his problem was a big one, but it was cool to see him overcome it. Sad that he's not here. His music lives on, and I thought just hearing some of those songs was just awesome. Takes you back. All right, uh, I am going to go four out of five. I thought this was a really good movie, and it's just a big thanks to how amazing Jamie Foxx is. Um, Just an amazing performance. Um, And it's Ray Charles. I mean, he's a legendary musician, and I've always wanted to know a little bit more about his life, and I'm glad I did because I thought this movie told his story in a very interesting way, and Jamie Foxx just gave him a lot of respect, I thought. So, yeah, 4 out of 5 is a very solid film that you can watch on HBO Max. That is where it's available. So go check it out if you haven't seen it. It's been out for about 16 years, but it's worth it. It's very, very good. (laughs) Christmas is coming up, and speaking of Christmas, we uh, we just decided that next week is going to be potentially christmas movies depending on what you guys vote for uh there you go christmas yeah yeah that yeah great transition <laughs> john it. thank you for setting it up um You're welcome. That's it. yeah so we uh <laughs> last minute before we started recording decided uh, you know what let's uh let's throw some christmas picks in there uh thing is we've all seen a lot of the main kind of classic christmas movies and there aren't a lot of christmas movies that we all have never seen before um but there's a handful of classic christmas movies that some of us have not seen before so that's kind of the theme some of us have seen them some of us haven't so uh depending on what wins it'd be very interesting to check out again the christmas spirit because the holidays are coming up it's literally next week kind of blows my mind it's this fast holy shit anyways john what Christmas movies are we going to be watching for you? Uh, so, Mainstream Boy is going to pick mainstream films, two of which I've never seen, two of which I know you have seen, Spencer. Maybe Nate hasn't seen at least one of these, but one of these, it's very hotly debated whether or not it is a Christmas movie. It is Die Hard. Never seen Die Hard. But anyway, Die Hard is going to go up against a Christmas comedy from 2015 with Seth Rogen and Mindy Project the night before. It's a great movie, but you just put up I against know. Die Hard. That's going to be tough. Um. Well, I want to see both. So maybe I'll watch them both. Who knows? <laughs> Seth Rogen or Bruce Willis in his like, best performance ever. You choose. Okay, John. Interesting picks. Interesting picks, mainstream boy. My two movies are, are movies. One of them is a movie that I've seen before uh, so many times. Pretty much every Christmas I watch this one. And I don't know if you guys have seen it. Probably. I hope so. But I feel like I might be surprised if you say you haven't. Home Alone. Wait, wait, have you never seen Home Alone? I was that was literally gonna be my pick. I was like I scrolled past it on a list and was like I've never wait. seen Home Alone. Alright, that's the next you, one. And then You've never seen Home so, Alone. Okay. I've never seen Home wait, Alone. Wait, John, have you, you seen you Home Alone? Of course. It's fucking Home Alone. Okay. Yes, I've seen Home Alone every Christmas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Alright, I'm so sorry. My favorite one is number two though, because of the the, the stupid bird lady. Uh, and that's going to go up against uh, one that I've never seen, although I know the story. It's a little 2009 uh, CGI film, A Christmas Carol. Robert Zemeckis and Jim Carrey about All Ebenezer right. Scrooge. Uh, never seen it. I've and, seen it. Uh, I've heard. I've seen that. Okay, you've heard it. Yeah. We've seen it. Uh, I've heard it's all right. So, um, yeah, that's, that, those are my two picks. We'll we'll do Rudolph. Really? Screw it. Oh. Rudolph versus How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yes. But you're going to be very disappointed when Rudolph doesn't win. I am. So. Oh, that's probably true. I'll be disappointed when... I want it to win, when, uh, but I do also want to see the original Grinch. 
I would watch them, but they're only going to be like 40 minutes each anyway, aren't they? They're definitely not feature-length Ru- movies. Rudolph is almost an hour. The original <laughs> How the Grinch Stole Christmas is 26 minutes. Do the right thing? I does what I just said. Yeah, I'm like, it's probably like 40 minutes, maybe. <laughs> 26 minutes. Oh. Oh, well. Rudolph is 47 minutes. That's fine. See? There we All go. Right. Yeah. There you go. It's a very creepy but, snowman yeah. in it. Um, yeah. So those are our picks next week. So no, make sure to go. Cre- no, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? No, 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 no. You take that back. <laughs> it's kind of spooky. Our discussion of how the Grinch stole Christmas if it wins next week could be longer than the film itself. Uh, so that <laughs> what could you? I hope it is. It probably will. <laughs> uh, There's gonna be I'm, lots unpacked. It's just one movie. of those classics that I've never seen, and I just I like the narration. But yeah, no, that's There's the show. So yeah, make sure you vote for those picks. Uh, which Christmas movie we're gonna watch next week in our polls at those movie dudes every weekend. In our stories, that is where you can decide what movies we will watch next week. So, um, yeah. And for those of you who don't know, we do have another show called Oh, Nate, this is when you leave or stop caring. Uh, it's called Mainstream Boy, where me and Spencer get together. We watch the new release films of the week. And I don't know what we're watching this week. Spencer, what's the name of that movie again that's on Netflix with like uh, Octavia Spencer or something? Viola Davis. Uh, this is supposedly what's oh. going to win Chadwick Boseman his, uh, his Oscar, Ma Rainey's oh, Black man. Bottom, they Netflix original. Um, He's going to pull a no, I mean, I've, I've heard his performance it? is phenomenal, so I'd be interested to check that one out. It's another kind of bluesy, jazz kind of movie. So, um, yeah, it comes out on Netflix tomorrow. It's got some Oscar potential. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Anyways, yeah, look forward to Mainstream Boy every single Monday. And, uh, yeah, merry, merry holidays from me, everybody. Fantastic. Toodles. Mainstream Boy. So... What do you guys want for Christmas? Do you guys want those movie dudes to do another podcast about physical media? Well, if you do, comment down below uh, what type of physical media you'd want us to talk about. Maybe some movies you'd want us to do deep dives into. Um, And once again, I hope you guys have a fantastic holiday. Stay warm. And by all means, go fuck yourselves. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Those Movie Dudes podcast. For the holidays right around the corner, give us the greatest gift of them all and follow us on Instagram. If you really want to make us smile on Christmas morning, go ahead and leave us a glowing review on your preferred podcast platform. Happy holidays, everybody. Stay safe, and as always, wash those fucking hands.